Today, we'll take a look at the Islanders' power play and how they can improve it. Plus, Samuel Bolduc versus Sebastian Ajo for one of the final six defense spots. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And, of course, we are now available on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked on Islanders. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. But first, if there's something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic maybe that you'd like us to discuss on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders throughout the rest of this offseason. Hirings, firings, trade rumors, free agency, signings, you name it. If it's happening to the New York Islanders, we will cover it for you right here. And uh, so glad that you could be with us today to talk a little Islanders hockey. Uh, Wanted to start off today talking about the power play. It is something that has been a a problem for this team for quite some time, the last couple of seasons, but last year in particular. I mean, there are 32 teams in the league. I'll go out on a limb, and I think in some ways it is a tribute to how good the goaltending and defense is on this team that it's rare that uh, any team makes the playoffs with the 30th best power play in the National Hockey League out of 32 teams. Uh, Very, very rare. And when you're also not a great goal-scoring team like the Islanders, you know, the power play becomes even more important usually, and yet the Islanders were able to overcome that and still make the playoffs. So clearly, if you can get the power play from 30th to, let's say, 21st, 22nd, Get me to solidly below average rather than putrid. And I think we're starting to talk about, okay, this could be something. 
that could help this team, again, improve in the standings in the upcoming year. And look, there are a lot of issues facing this power play. And John McClain, the power play coach, you know, Lou Lamorello during his belated off-season press conference did say no final decision had been made on the assistant coaches, but here we are, middle of August already, and we still don't have any official word that anything has changed. So unless we hear something otherwise, we're assuming McLean is back and going to be running the power play. He has to be on an extremely, extremely short leash if that is indeed the case. So we have to see what happens. But clearly, and everydayers, people who watch the show throughout the last season and even beyond that, understand how I feel about the power play. They don't move the puck well enough. They are too predictable. They are not doing things to create time and space or doing enough things to successfully create time and space and to create good scoring opportunities. And too often they let the perfect get in the way of the good, trying to be, you know, create that beautiful pass, that perfect setup instead of shooting the puck when they have a chance. You know, if you've got... uh, a shot that is on a scale of 1 to 100 is 75, and you're passing to try to get a 92% you know, good shot, but you have a 30% chance of making the pass, sometimes you're better off just shooting the puck or passing the puck to someone else uh, and, and just trying to keep that puck moving. But realistically, when you're on the power play, you need to create time and space, and you need to tire out and get the penalty killers out of position. And unfortunately, the Islanders don't do either of those things very well. They're also very predictable with their zone entries. There are generally two major things that they do to enter the zone. Either Matthew Barzal skates the puck in, or they dump and chase. And Barzy, you know, he got better at it, I guess, over the course of the season, but he does still cough up the puck more often than we'd like sometimes, holds on to it a little too long, does that little, you know, goes into the zone, curves around, looks for space, curves back around, skates with the puck, then makes a pass. But it doesn't create enough time and space the way it's done. And then the other thing is the players who don't have the puck have to move without the puck. That makes the penalty killers move. It tires them out. It gets them out of position. Sometimes two of them will take one man or nobody will take another man. The thing is, on the power play, when you've got an extra attacker, somebody, somebody should always be open. And this team doesn't move the puck quickly with the puck. The players don't move quickly enough or often enough without the puck. And it just doesn't end up being an effective power play. When you add the fact And this was a problem at even strength as well. But you add the fact that Bo Horvat and Anders Lee are similar styles of players when it comes to how they score goals. Having both of them on the same power play unit doesn't really make a lot of sense. And it is something they need to correct. And then I think 
another issue really is the lack of a power play quarterback. Noah Dobson still could grow into that job. I think he has the skill set to to grow into that job and, and, and become a decent power play quarterback. But I did not see him utilizing, you know, break-ins and, and, and running the power play as effectively as he could. And to sort of add to it, I think Sebastian Ajo, in the limited time that he had in the playoffs and later in the season, actually was in some ways better at it than Noah Dobson. And then, you know, you have guys who can shoot the puck from the point, but the Islanders don't tend to utilize that enough. There's not enough variety in the way they set things up for shots. So a lot of issues out there for this team to try to work on and correct and improve this power play. And, you know, they, they always say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result. And I think last year, the Islanders, the way they handled the power play, had a touch of insanity to it because they didn't try enough different things. Yeah, okay, I think it was before game five or six, the last game or two of the playoffs, they did try a couple of things. But, you know, what are you, 90 games into the season by then? It's too late. Uh, Or it was too little too late. So, realistically, they've got to mix things up. And I'll say this. The Islanders' power play, there is talent there. It's not an elite power play by talent, by any stretch of the imagination. We're not talking about, you know, Carlson, uh, Malkin, Crosby, and Latang out there at the same time. But it's not the worst power play top five guys out there either. And if it's well coached, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to at least be effective. I'm not saying even above average. But get me to effective, get me to average, or even slightly below, and this team, if they go from 30th to 22nd, let's say, on the power play, that could be enough extra points over the course of 82 games to get them back to the playoffs again. So we're going to continue to talk about it and break it down. But those are some preliminary thoughts as to what the Islanders need to do with regard to the power play. Now, We have got more to get to, Islanders, uh, Bridgeport Islanders, signing a couple of players. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, the battle for what is likely to be the sixth and final spot in the everyday lineup on defense. We've got all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory and you can use those bonus bets on spreads player props over-unders and more whether you're a Jet fan and now you got Aaron Rodgers there a Giant fan hoping to get to the playoffs in back-to-back seasons or hey maybe you root for the Bengals or the Cardinals or any of the other teams you Got it all right here at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Check it out today. So the power play, you know, I, I mentioned Sebastian Ajo in the last segment. 
And I think Ajo did a better job than Dobson as far as just heady play on the power play. But there is a battle that's coming up in training camp. And I think it's predominantly, barring injury and barring some surprise performances, predominantly we're talking about uh, Samuel Bolduc and Sebastian Ajo battling for that last sixth spot on the everyday blue line. And look, let's face it, it may not be uh, a situation where one of these guys plays every day and the other guy doesn't. You know, they could alternate games or, you know, Lane Lambert could go with the hot hand or it could depend on the style of the team they're playing or who's healthy. I, I get the feeling both of these guys are going to see action. But in the long run, I think the Islanders would rather have Samuel Bolduc win this job. The question really is going to be whether or not he's ready. And I think, like, I, I like Sebastian Ajo, but I think he's ideally suited to be a seventh defenseman in this league. His lack of size will always hamper him defensively. He got better as the year went on, but he is still a liability in his own zone at times just because of his lack of size, the fact that he can be physically overwhelmed at times, and that, you know, he, he just has those physical limitations. So I, I think there, you know, he can give you stuff on the power play. He had two power play assists last year. I think he can be a heady player. I think he can be a steady player. But I think his physical limitations... Uh, lead him to be better suited to be that seventh guy. Bolduc, however, five years younger than Ajo. 6'4", 220, he's got the size. He also has done well on the power play, albeit in Bridgeport. But to me, the big question is, is Bolduc ready? And down the stretch, last 17 games, uh, you know, he played a lot down the stretch, 17 games last year, NHL debut. He showed some good signs. But in the playoffs, the first two games of the postseason, he was clearly not ready to take that extra step, that, you know, move into prime time where the playoffs is that ultimate level. And, you know, 17 games, he was a plus five. Plus five. Gave you 14 and a half minutes almost of ice time. I think Bolduc has a bright future in this league. And the question is, is the future now? And to me, for Bolduc, it's can he get the transition game going from defense to offense, at least as well as Ajo? And we, we talked about the size helping make Ajo struggle with that a little bit. And then I guess the other facet of it, is that, you know, how steady is he in his own zone? If he can give you that power play juice and be the second quarterback of the power play, I think Bolduc would have a big advantage as far as locking down that sixth and final spot. But Bolduc, he was a second-round pick. He is a guy who the Islanders would love to see win this job. The question in my mind is, is he ready? And, you know, 
over the next few days and every day, we are going to start talking about some of the younger players in this Islanders organization and, you know, what they need to do and what has to happen for them to contribute to this team and how far away they may be. So we're going to go through all of these things throughout the rest of the offseason, and we'll talk more about Bolduc. But uh, to me, Bolduc long-term is much more at the center of the Islanders' plans on the blue line than Sebastian Ajo is. But that doesn't mean that Bolduc is ready this year to take over that job full-time. And I will say this about Sebastian Ajo. He has his limitations, but he's a hard worker. He's a heady kid. He thinks the game pretty well. And I think that he will give a good fight to Samuel Bolduc. I mean, to play 71 games in the league this year was more than he had played in the previous years in the Islanders organization in the NHL combined. It was a big jump for Ajo. And if I'm him, there is no way I want to go back to being, to playing 30 games a year or 25 games a year or 40 games a year when I just played 71 and played in the playoffs. So he's going to fight for that job and use his experience. And, and, and I think when you consider how weak the power play has been, if either one of these two guys can separate themselves by excelling on the power play as the quarterback of the second power play unit. That could be one of the things that earns them more ice time after training camp. Because it really, when, when your power play is struggling as badly as the Islanders is, it helps immeasurably to be able to add that extra element, that element that really has unfortunately been missing from this team and we'll have to see whether or not uh either one of these two guys can add it i think bolduc has the better shot from the point rather than aho but aho may be the better passer at this juncture we need to get a longer look at them in training camp in preseason that's what it's for and it will be interesting to see how lane lambert and lou lamorello and the rest of the coaching staff end up viewing this situation once push comes to shove. So, going to be an interesting battle. Uh, you know, this is a veteran team. We all know that. And I don't think there's going to be more than one or two jobs available on this roster. But one of the ones that, as of right now, really does look up for grabs is that sixth and final defense spot most likely opposite Scotty Mayfield uh, on that third pairing. And it'll be interesting to see whether it's Bolduc, Ajo, or, hey, Robin Salo, uh, Chalowski, maybe somebody else comes back and, uh, and surprises everybody and makes a claim. But the leading candidates right now, Bolduc and Ajo, and we'll keep an eye on them throughout the rest of the offseason. All right, we have got more to discuss on today's show. We're going to talk about two signings by the Bridgeport Islanders made on Tuesday. Plus, uh, we're going to answer one of your emails concerning Ross Johnston and a few other things. So all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. 
So the Bridgeport Islanders made a couple of moves. Can't say they're blockbusters, but they are uh, important for the Islanders organization. Signing a couple of def defensemen to AHL contracts. First, Trevor Cosgrove, uh, who played in nine games with Bridgeport late last year. Spent most of the year with the Worcester Railers of the ECHL. Uh, he's 26, played at Colgate collegiately. Uh, as well as at Northern Michigan. He's a left-handed defenseman, and we will see, uh, you know, he's going to be basically veteran depth at the AHL level, one of those guys who is sort of an unofficial mentor slash, uh, you know, player coach where he's going to help some of those young prospects develop. The other player, similar, a, a five-year college veteran in Aston Calder, uh, played at Lake Superior State and did well there, then finished his college career at Penn State, so moving from the WCHA to the Big Ten, and now he's 25 years old. He is a, a right-handed forward and played in the ECHL with the Florida Everblades last year. Uh, Everblades, he, he only played in six regular season games, but 17 postseason games, and was a part of the team that won the Kelly Cup championship. So Ashton Calder and Trevor Cosgrove both signing with the Bridgeport Islanders. Uh, time now for uh, our mailbag, and this one is from our good friend uh, Charlie. And uh, Charlie writing in, Gil, hope you're feeling okay. That's the most important thing. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, have a little different take on Ross. I totally think there is still a need to have a guy like him in the lineup. Matt Martin is no longer respected as somebody who can hurt you. And at times last year, you saw liberties taken by other teams. We did not respond many times when our players were run. Ross scored a beautiful goal last year, and I think he can outproduce Martin and provide a fear factor. If he lands, he can do damage, and that's what stops other teams from taking liberties. I think Ross ascends to that fourth-line role, Matt is either an extra forward or clears waivers to help at Bridgeport. Well, Charlie, thank you for the email, and especially for the well wishes. I, I don't think that Matt Martin... I think you're right about Matt Martin not being as aggressive at times last year at defending his teammates. And you're right about the fact that players at times did take liberties with some of the Islanders players, and it was a negative. I don't necessarily think, though, that Ross Johnston would be able to pro provide as much offensive juice as Matt Martin did last year. Martin had 19 points, 7 goals, 12 assists in 81 games, which was, you know, pretty close to, uh, you know, career best numbers in a while for Martin. Ross Johnston... Okay, he only played in 16 games. No goals, two assists. He was a minus one, Matt Martin a plus four. Does Matt Martin need to respond more if he's out there? Yes, I think he does. Is there still a role for someone like Ross Johnston on a roster? I think there is. But I think he's going to be limited, again, as he was last year, to situations where other, player, where other players are hurt, or where you're playing a particularly physical team, like whenever the Capitals were in town and you knew Tom Wilson was going to be out there, and he's kind of a, 
you know, a guy who stirs things up and gets physical, tries to get under player skin. So you put Ross Johnston in the lineup and you make sure that, uh, you know, he, Wilson is not going to be taken an advantage. So we'll see how that plays out. And you know what, Charlie, I will say this. I would love for Ross Johnston to prove me wrong. I like Ross Johnston. He's a good kid. He's a hard worker. He does what he does well, but his game is limited. And I think that it will be interesting to see how he does in training camp this year. Uh, Charlie also says uh, in this line uh, email that he thinks that William Dufour will slot in the top line over Wallstrom and that Samuel Bolduc will take the sixth center, uh, sixth defenseman spot. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I like Dufour. I like his potential. I still think he's probably one more year away from a full-time NHL job. But hey, if he shines in camp, if he really, really has a great training camp, you never know what he's capable of doing. So, Charlie, thank you so much for the email and for the well wishes. And, uh, again, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com to send your questions, leave your first name and where you're from, and we're happy to mention you on the show and talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And, again, we are a day early, but uh, tomorrow will be the 47th birthday of former Islanders winger Eric Bolton. Bolton, uh, a native of Halifax, Nova Scotia, drafted by the Rangers in the ninth round back in 1994, but never played for the Rangers. Made his NHL debut with the Sabres in 2000-2001. Here's a guy who really was more or less an old-fashioned enforcer. Uh, Joined the Islanders after stints with Buffalo, Atlanta, and the Devils was an Islander from 2012-2013 through 2015-2016. Never played more than 23 games in a season uh, and never scored more than four points in a season. Two goals, two points in 23 games in 2013-2014 where he also racked up 88 penalty minutes. For his NHL career, 654 games, 31 goals, 79 points, and 1,400 and 21 minutes in the sin bin, four playoff games, 24 penalty minutes, all of those with Atlanta in 2007. His best game as an Islander, not too tough on this one, April 11th, 2015 at the old barn, the Nassau Coliseum, Islanders and Columbus Blue Jackets in this one, Curtis McElhenney, the goalie for Columbus, Yarrow Halak in goal for the Islanders, and it was Eric Bolton in this game getting a goal in the third period that put the Islanders ahead by a 2-1 to score. Unfortunately, this game went to a shootout, and the Islanders ended up falling by a score of 5-4 to when Cam Atkinson beat uh, Yarrow Halak in the fourth round of the shootout. But uh, Eric Bolton, a dependable, big, tough defend, uh, forward, an enforcer, six foot two twenty seven. he is our Islanders birthday of the day. Again, I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We will start to break down some of these young prospects. We'll talk a little bit about their chances of making the team, what they need to do to do that, and what spot may be available for them. So we'll start those 
uh, on tomorrow's show. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.